African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. So today, let's look at today's story. Uh, the latest that has been reported today is that Manuel Chang, Mozambique's former finance minister, has resigned as a lawmaker of the country. This comes after the decision to extradite former Mozambique finance minister and member of parliament and uh, South Africa's uh, Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, Ronald Ramola, authorized the uh, Director General of the Department of Justice and Constitutional development, Vusima Donsela, to file papers in response to Chang's urgent application uh, to be surrendered to the Mozambique authorities. According to the statement uh, from the uh, Department of Justice, it states uh, that uh, the immunity suggested that extradition to Mozambique would convene with the SEDEC protocol, uh, South Africa's constitution and the Extradition Act, rendering the uh, decision to extradite illegal. Well, we're going to find Uh, viewpoints from the Department of Justice and Correctional Services in this particular matter. Uh, We know that uh, uh, this comes after um, Manuel Chang was arrested in South Africa. This actually happened a few months ago in December already at the request of the U.S. Justice Department after it filed charges related to a debt scandal alleging he signed papers on behalf of the government of Mozambique uh, to guarantee the debts uh, of a project that that uh, didn't pay off in the country. So we'll find out also as well from uh, the budget monitoring forum in Mozambique around that. We've got Dennis uh, Namburetti from the uh, coordinator there. And also we've got uh, Christine uh, Piri, who is the spokesperson for the Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services in South Africa. Now, let me start with you, Christine. Thank you for giving us your time. Thank you, and thank you for having me on your show. Good morning to all our listeners. Fantastic. Thank you for giving us your time as well. And uh, let me bring in Dennis Namburetti into the conversation, the coordinator for Budget Monitoring Forum in Mozambique. Dennis, thank you for also giving us your time, Denise. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, let me start with you, Crispin, uh, in terms of looking at this particular issue. Let's look at the fact that, uh, looking back at this particular moment in December, where we saw the request from the U.S. Justice Department when it filed charges relating to a debt, uh, a debt scandal, which involved uh, the former finance minister of Mozambique, Manuel Chang. Take us back there. What happened then? How did South Africa get involved in this particular um, complex legal uh, battle here? Um, firstly, you would know that the, the, the country has a agreement, a bilateral agreement with the United States of America, um, which amongst others requires us to collaborate and cooperate on issues of mutual interest. And in this instance, it was brought to our attention by the American authorities that um, Mr. Chang was in the country and he'd been wanted for um, several um, several misdemeanors, we could call them. 
um, in the USA and, and then be required by, by law to then ensure that he is brought to book. Um, so at the very least, we can assess whether we can entertain this extradition request. That's what happened. And subsequently, the extradition request was then brought to a court of law, which is provided for in our Extradition Act. When an extradition request is is um, brought to our attention, we have to then bring it before a court of law to a magistrate. This matter was then heard by um, the Kingston Park Magistrate, and the magistrate held that Mr. Chang is extraditable to the USA, and we then obliged by our own law and the Constitution to extradite him to the USA. It was then subsequently brought to our attention that the Mozambican government had also requested Mr. Chang to be extradited to Mozambique. That matter was then once again also brought before the magistrate court, and the magistrate court found that he's also extraditable to Mozambique. Um, on the set of facts that were presented to the magistrate at the time and to the Ministry um, of Justice at the time. Um, following those two rulings by the magistrate court, the former minister then decided that Mr. Chang could be extradited to Mozambique. Uh, subsequent to trying to implement that decision, uh, we then found that actually there were some facts that were not brought to our attention, and these were crucial facts. Uh, the first is that for you to be, well, the law currently understands that for you to be extradited to another country, or the reason rather for extradition, is for you to go and face the law in the country, not necessarily for you to be investigated or for you to be, to, to assess whether one should be um, incarcerated. Rather, it is whether a court case is ready and whether this matter can be heard in a, in a court of law. Mm. And what we then found was that um, the extradition request by the Mozambican government at the time did not comply with the SADC protocol, neither did it comply with the, the, con the confines of our extradition law and our constitution. So that is the matter that we then brought to the attention of our court to say, um, although Mr. Chang wants to be extradited to Mozambique, it has come to our attention that there are certain provisions in the Mozambican constitution which actually prevent him from uh, facing the law. So as it speaks, if we do extradite into Mozambique, it, it appears that it would not be for purposes of fulfilling the mandate of the law, hmm. even in Mozambique. Let's look at this contradiction in terms of uh, the fact that uh, South Africa's former Justice uh, um, and Correctional Services Minister Michael Masuta had given the green light uh, earlier in the year uh, to have uh, Mr. Chang extradited to Mozambique on the grounds uh, that uh, he he made in terms of the fact that you highlighted why it was reviewed in that particular manner. And then we saw um, the current uh, Justice and Correctional Services Minister Ronald Lamola make his own uh, finding due to that later finding that you guys un un unearthed. That contradiction, how important was it? Because some people would say, uh, is it the fact that uh, Justice Masuta saw this, uh, former Minister Masuta saw this particular issue differently uh, to the current um, um, Minister of Justice, Ronald uh, Lamola? I wouldn't call it a contradiction. 
Uh, I think, as I had said, Minister Masuta had a different set of facts before him. And when he made the decision, we believe that the, the facts that were now present when we had to implement the decision were not before him. Uh, if they were, well, if they were, then maybe it was at a stage where it was too late. And that is how we then now had to say, hang on, we have to bring this to the, the court's attention because what we do know is that um, the Mozambican government did say we want to extradite Mr. Chang to face the law, but what was not clear was whether immunity had been lifted. And when we, when we came into office, it was now clear that immunity had not been lifted by Parliament, um, and Mr. Chang still enjoyed immunity. Now, if you enjoy immunity um, from prosecution, it, it, it inevitably defeats the purpose of an extradition. And, and that is something that we needed to bring to the attention of the court because, in essence, the decision had already been made. Um, we were never going to change the decision, per se, but because the decision had already been made by, by our administration, by the South African government, but we were then now duty-bound to say mm. perhaps the decision that had been made was, was not influenced by the correct set of facts. Okay. So uh, we wouldn't call it a contradiction, mm. but rather to say circumstances, circumstances, critical circumstances in the matter changed, which warranted us to, to act in mm. a way that we preserve both the static protocol and the South African Constitution and our Extradition Act. Okay, let me move to Denise. Uh, Denise, thank you for also giving us your time. I know that I was very elaborate with uh, Crispin, but I wanted to get those matters out there for our listeners, for them to understand the context of this. Tell us a little bit about the Budget Monitoring Forum. Who are you guys and how you got involved in this particular case? Uh, Thank you. Um, The Budget Monitoring Forum is a platform of 21 organizations, civil society organizations in Mozambique, involved in uh, monitoring public finances, uh, state budget monitoring as well. And we started uh, engaging with this issue in 2013 when the Mozambican government, the Minister of Finance exactly, uh, included in the state budget uh, the first loan uh, for Imatu on $850 million. At that time, um, we uh, questioned the parliament about that amount, which was already above uh, the limits of the, um, uh, uh, according to the constitution of Mozambique, according to the, to, to the budget law, there is a, a ceiling for approval um, by the government. And that amount was already above that ceiling. So at that time, we questioned it. And uh, what the government did, what the Minister of Finance exactly did, was uh, to actually break that amount in two portions, indicating that one was for security services and another one for fishing boats. Um, uh, so that's when we started questioning until uh, 2006 when the Wall Street Journal uh, revealed the wall, the wall fraud. And we actively... Uh, started engaging with, uh, different players uh, globally and in Mozambique, pushing for the loans to be considered illegal, uh, to be nullified, um, but also asking, uh, demanding for accountability, accountability for all the actors involved in Mozambique, but also in several jurisdictions, like in the UK, in Switzerland, uh, in Netherlands, um, in the US, 
um, but also in Mozambique. Now, let's look at this fact in terms of what were the responses from officials and government in Mozambique to that particular process that you underwent, Denise. Uh, At that moment, all the uh, government authorities that we have approached uh, and also media have approached uh, denied uh, the existence of these loans. Um, until uh, evidence came out about the Matun loan, and then they end up confirming that, yes, there was um, a loan con- uh, contracted by the government with Credit Suisse. Um, and then, um, week, months later, uh, evidence revealing the other two loans, the MAM and ProIndex loan, also came to light. And eventually, uh, government officials had also to... Uh, clarify and, and confirm that indeed there were three loans uh, which were not uh, public in Mozambique. Um, I remember that period several individuals like the, uh, the governor of the central bank of Mozambique, the minister of finance at the time, um, confirmed, they have at that time confirmed that, that there were no loans uh, contracted by the government of Mozambique involving Credit Suisse, VTB, and Paribas, PNB. So um, it, it was, a, I think it was a, um, critical, the role of the media and the role of civil society in raising uh, and, and pushing for um, the revelation and evidence and information about these issues, uh, these loans. Eventually, uh, um, it came to light that uh, the Mozambican government was not being true to the, um, to the details of of what happened between 2011 and 2016. Okay, we'll come back to that because I'm interested in also the fact that why is it a big issue for South Africa's involvement, whether um, the former finance minister, Manuel Chang, must be extradited directly to the United States? Why doesn't uh, uh, South Africa have that confidence that if he's extradited to Mozambique, that uh, because uh, Mozambique is a member of SADC, that it will also have to follow the SADC protocols in this regard? We'll look at that question after this break. Building Africa with love. Bujambo Africa. If there are holes in this continental ship, we are its children. Let us go and stop the holes. Let us gladly do it with our hearts. And if we cannot, then let us die. We will make a plug of our brains and put them into the ship, but condemn it never. Catch us on Channel Africa from 10 to 11 a.m. every Friday and Sundays from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile. Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices, and I'm your host, Aburengui. Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise, Africa, rise. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. 
Hey, it's 24 minutes past 11 o'clock. That's Central African time. You're with me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on African Dialogue. Remember, our platforms are on www.channelafrica.co.za. And if you're listening to us on DSTV, we're on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. Uh, today, I'm with Crispin Piri, who's the spokesperson of the Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services in South Africa. Also, have Denise Namburedi, who's the coordinator for the Budget Monitoring Forum in Mozambique. We're looking at the case of Manuel Chang, who is Mozambique's former finance minister. He's uh, currently under custody in South Africa under the fact that there's a case around whether he should be extradited uh, to uh, the USA, uh, where he's been charged uh, for fraud, and also where... uh, there is also another case whereby he's saying, well, he should be extradited to his own country where the determination uh, should take place there. Crispin, why don't we trust that Mozambique can actually uh, follow the, the SADC protocols or the same uh, kind of legal framework that uh, we, uh, as a member of SADC, uh, uphold in this particular case? It's technically not a question of whether the South African government trusts or does not trust um, another government. It's the question of what does the law actually require. And in this instance, we're referring to the SADC protocol. And the SADC protocol is extremely clear. It says that um, one is extraditable if they are going to um, face the law in that country. And in the instance where someone enjoys immunity for a particular offense or enjoys immunity from being prosecuted at all, it means that we are then not complying with the set of protocols. And then it's as simple as that, really. Mm. Uh, Denise, what are your thoughts? I mean, some people are arguing, bring this guy back home to his home country. Let his home country actually make a determination by itself because it also follows the same laws that uh, uh, Crispin is highlighting. It's a member of SADC. It should also just follow suit to the same manner that South Africa would. So um, that would be something that's simple and easy to do. Yes, uh, unfortunately, um, yes, we follow the same laws, but unfortunately we don't enjoy the same level of trust that South Africans have on on your judicial system. In Mozambique, unfortunately, we're still far from having a complete separation of powers between the legislative and the executive. Uh, for example, in this particular case, you have a national prosecutor who is niece of the former uh, uh, current president of the republic, and you know how, uh, in this case, we have uh, high-level individuals, government officials uh, uh, involved in this fraud. Um, the case itself uh, calls for, um, it, it raises doubts in terms of uh, whether he will, Mr. Chang will be charged in Mozambique. If you look at the history of the extradition request uh, to the South African court, uh, you will see that um, in, initially the government of Mozambique said that his immunity was uh, uh, lifted. The national prosecutors and the parliament of the country said that uh, um, in, uh, Mr. Chang's immunity was uh, lifted. And in fact, uh, it wasn't. SMU conducted a thorough legal review on the process, and we found that, in fact, his immunity was intact. Um, and we took and asked, um, uh, worked with the opposition parties to ask the government 
uh, sorry, the, the parliament, uh, in what the situation of uh, status of Mr. Changin's immunity, which last week publicly and on live TV, uh, the chair of the parliament confirmed that his immunity is intact. So um, I'm not so sure if we uh, um, have um, a, a national prosecutor judicial system uh, serious enough to take this uh, uh, case in Mozambique to charge Mr. Shang and to have him judged uh, seriously as uh, the Mozambicans are demanding. He has to be held accountable, and we don't believe that our judicial system is uh, up to the uh, um, level, you know, interest, commitment uh, to have him charged. On the other, uh, uh, the other reason is that the crimes that he is charged, he's been indicted in the New York indictment, um, cannot be indicted in Mozambique. In Mozambique, he will only face administrative, uh, um, how do you say, accusation, but not criminal uh, accusation. And we do believe that he needs to be uh, uh, judged, uh, uh, held accountable in a country which has a legal platform to charge him with the crime that the U.S. indictment uh, charged him, which Mozambique. We don't have a money laundering law, for example. He won't be charged for that. So there are many uh, crimes mm. that he's been charging that our legal system doesn't uh, include, which means he will not be held accountable to the extent that he should be. Hmm. Crispin, doesn't that response from Denise actually complicate uh, this particular issue? I understand from your viewpoint that you're speaking around the accountability mechanisms that are being adopted by South Africa independently as a country. But when Denise's response says that there's not a, a very a trusted accountability legal framework in, in Mozambique, and that's where uh, there's been a contestation of ideas here in this particular case, Crispin? Well, I, I wouldn't want to um, I wouldn't want to opine on, on the efficacy of the Mozambican legal system. Sure. I think that's, that's maybe political pandering and, and people can opine on that as much as they like. But the fact of the matter is that from where we stand, um, Article 4, in fact, of the SADC protocol, and I'll just maybe want to read it in so that people know exactly what the provisions are. Article 4 deals with grounds where one can refuse to extradite. And I think Denise had outlined um, the fact that immunity had not been lifted and it was confirmed by the Speaker of Parliament. And, and Article 4 says this, if a person whose extradition is requested has under the law of either the state party become immune from prosecution or punishment for any reason, then that's a ground for mandatory refusal. So the fact of the matter is it had been brought to our attention that the immunity was still intact um, and, and then we would be in violation of the very same static protocol that all of us are party to. Um, and the fact of the matter is we cannot be uh, our own people. We cannot be the same people who create the laws, create the protocols, and then when it's convenient or for expeditious reasons, then we come up with a reason not to comply with those laws. We do not have such a culture in South Africa, and it's not a culture that we are going to begin with any time soon. 
that's very questionable that assertion that you you make in there crispin because some other people would say what's happening here has brought to light the extradition issue to the forefront especially when it comes to south africa because some people have been contrasting it with uh, uh, the call for the extradition of um, former sudan president al-bashir's extradition case in 2015 whereby when he was here for the african union summit there was a call by the international criminal court for his extradition however uh, despite even the courts being engaged in this particular matter that didn't that, that didn't happen uh, so some people could be questioning that assertion that you've just made uh, that's a different case and it's different for two reasons firstly in that case the protocol that existed the south african government had already started questioning um, they, and as you would know, then there's now even a process for the South African government to possibly uh, withdraw from the ICC. That is, that is a, a process that was instituted by the Fifth Administration. Uh, so in that instance, we, we were part of a law, but we were also questioning the efficacy of that law. Uh, in this instance, we have a law, and we think that it is the right law, and it meets the, con- the, the confines of our own constitution. So in a way, you're comparing apples with pears. No, not at all. Ah. Because if you listen to yourself, you're asserting the fact that we were part of that particular protocol and we didn't adhere which, to it. Yes, we had a we had a been a, a it, it was questionable in a court of law, but we hadn't engaged in it formally at the time of Al Bashir's visit in South Africa. Uh, so it's not apples and pears, uh, Crispin. And in fact, um, in the Al Bashir case, we ourselves had granted immunity to Mr. al-Bashir. So the, state, the question was, what was the status of the immunity that we had granted to Mr. al-Bashir? In this case, the immunity has been granted, but we know for sure that, and by the way, Mr. al-Bashir would not be facing prosecution in South Africa. So it's the same, it's the same but not the same, in that, in this case, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chang would be required to face prosecution where he has been charged. Mm-hmm. In this case, okay. none, none of those cases in South Africa are actually charging the individual concerned. But one more thing that's quite important is that in the Al-Bashir case, we ourselves had granted Mr. Mr. Al-Bashir the immunity. And that was a very important consideration at the time. Despite the court case that went there to say that the, there was a form of illegality to that immunity that was given by South Africa. Uh, beg your pardon? I'm saying despite that, the fact that after that there was a court case that questioned that uh, immunity that we'd already given uh, to former president of uh, Sudan al-Bashir. Yes, but the nature of extradition is that, like in this case, we were able to, to actually bring it to the attention of the courts before the decision was implemented. In that instance, um, the decision was implemented and Mr. al-Bashir was extradited almost immediately. In this instance, at least we were able to bring it to the court's attention that actually there's a set of facts there that would actually render that very same decision that we had previously taken illegal. And in a sense, you can even argue that mm. we've learned from, from our previous mistakes where we have committed them. 
Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll just uh, speak on the way forward, especially when it comes to this case of uh, uh, Mozambique's uh, former finance minister, Manuel Chen. We've got Crispin Piri, who's been great speaking to Child Africa on this particular case. I even was speaking to my Mozambique uh, uh, colleagues who saying that he's been a very uh, good help in terms of uh, g- g- giving a form of transparency on this particular matter. So we thank you, uh, Crispin, for giving us your time once again. He's the spokesperson of the Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services services in South Africa. I'm going to come to Denise after the break. That's Denise Namburet, who's the coordinator for Budget Monitoring Forum in Mozambique. That have also filed uh, some uh, issues in, in this particular uh, South African case dealing with uh, uh, Manuel Chang's uh, extradition. Let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll wrap it up after this. I'm an actress. I'm a motivational speaker, born with albinism. Um, the nurse first asked my mother, is your husband white? My mother said, no, why are you asking me that question? When I grew up, there was no publication of person with albinism disappearing, mm. being stolen. You see, it was happening, but there was no exposure as it happening now. Hi, I'm Pule Mulebazi, the presenter of the Albinism Report a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following time, Monday, 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time, and from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time, Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report. An enlightened narrative with me, Pule Mulebazi, on Channel Africa from an African perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa. You're with me, Benjamin Moshatam, on African Dialogue. Remember, tomorrow uh, we'll be still with you at the same time. My colleague Ayandam Kwanazi will be with you, looking at the Friday edition of African Dialogue, where it's a bit more light-hearted, a bit more just chilled and easy, more feature-ish, and uh, uh, it's always fun uh, hearing that show. So do join us even tomorrow, same place, same time, right here on African Dialogue. But hey, let me continue this conversation with Crispin Pierre from the Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services and Denise Namboreti, Coordinator for Budget Monitoring Forum in Mozambique. Hey, Denise, let me come to you in terms of uh, this case. What lessons are we le- we're learning as a SADC region from this particular case, especially the fact that it is very unique and very complex as well, as you heard from my questions with uh, Crispin, especially dealing with uh, how uh, South Africa formally dealt with uh, the extradition case uh, of former President uh, uh, of uh, Sudan, uh, al-Bashir. What, what are your thoughts as we've been speaking on that? Um, I think we uh, have SADC. Um, I think uh, SADC uh, Parliament uh, Forum needs to um, actually uh, become a reality for the region. I think we all have to embrace uh, fight against corruption and uh, towards the transparency accountability if we really uh, uh, want to see our region um, strengthen in terms of how we manage uh, public finances. And uh, I don't think we have, we have been taking uh, um, the issue of um, uh, transparency in governance seriously uh, uh, until now. Um, 
in the case of, of Mozambique, there are more pressing issues when it comes to, to, to corrupt, uh, fight, the fight against corruption. And I do believe that uh, if we have more countries in the region, that uh, they are low uh, and the, where the rule of law works, uh, um, um, it will somehow put the pressure in the other countries uh, to move towards the same direction. So uh, I think this, this is a very clear example on uh, uh, the fact that, yes, it is true that there is a, an histor- historical and political you know, alliance and uh, um, uh, um, partnership between the countries, uh, but that cannot be above uh, the, 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 the fight for um, good governance in the region. Hmm. Crispin, let me come to you. Uh, you admitted that uh, historically we've made some mistakes in this regard. Finally, you admitted to that, Crispin. Uh, and, and this case you're saying is actually also allowing us to actually uh, reverse some of those errors. What are, what are we learning from this particular case, uh, especially from uh, the Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services viewpoint? Let me just also um, qualify this discussion by saying this is a live matter before the court. Sure. Uh, and the court is still definitely going to adjudicate on all of the submissions that I have made here to say what were the reasons for this, and and, sure. and the court might come to a different conclusion. Sure. The fact of the matter is, at all points in time, we need to make decisions that we are sure comply with our constitution, and that's what has motivated us in this instance, and it is what will always motivate us moving forward. Mm. And uh, just a final assertion, where are we with this particular case, Crispin? When is it coming back uh, uh, to the courts? What stages are we? At this stage, I'm not able to tell you exactly where it is because there's been a number of developments between the parties. Um, various correspondence have been exchanged. Uh, we hope, Hopefully, we hope that this matter will be concluded speedily. Um, but the papers are before the courts, and presumably in the month of August, the early days of August, um, the matter should be ready to be heard. Sure. Thank you, Crispin. Denise, your final sentiments on this conversation? Um, actually, we, as an SMO, we, uh, we, we really um, trust that um, uh, the, the seriousness of the South African uh, legal system can be extended in this case um, to... to benefit also the people of Mozambique.